0: So well, tonight, Nick,
1: is a very special night, you know? Or do you not know?
0: I didn't know. Please enlighten me.
1: Because we're, f- we're recording earlier than we normally do.
0: Uh-huh, and you've chosen to be Marlon Brando? I didn't choose it myself.
1: It chose me, you see.
0: I feel like you're just ever so close to falling back into Jerry Lewis. <laughs> I, I just I I'm the godfather here. <laughs> Please don't hurt me, Mr. Sonny, that's the boy, he's mine, he's been obliterated by the machine guns. If you eat oranges, you die. <laughs> How many people have we driven away with our Jerry Lewis impressions?
1: i don't know they, people turn on this podcast got this again mm-hmm. really guys
0: this is the first time you're tuning into uh, this podcast i am deeply sorry i urge you to go back into the back catalog for non-jerry lewis related <laughs> material
1: uh yes it's that time again folks welcome to the dumb dudes podcast also known as the trailer blazers i'm one of your hosts mr
0: ben moon my name is Nick Kelly, and I've, uh, I've got a message for you people listening. This is not your average episode. This is a weird one. What do you mean, you people? You people. You downloaders out there. All you
1: people in TV land. Isn't that where they used, they used to be called? People in TV land.
0: Say, you Americans out there in TV land. Why, this isn't your average run-of-the-mill every Friday night episode. No, this is a Wednesday episode.
1: This is a Wednesday episode.
0: <laughs> it's a it's a special treasure for you out there. <laughs> treasure. Uh, you can measure the treasure this week, as we as we have a weird weird one for you. You may have seen my Instagram post. Uh, we will not be doing the video games one quarter portion episode ca- uh, capper this week. Instead, we will be doing a a spoiler cast discussion of the movie Greenland. Which, if you would like to see it. It is currently streaming on HBO Max or HBO Go, and you can pause the episode before that section and and watch the movie first, or you can just listen to us talk about it if you don't really care. Yeah, it's definitely gonna
1: be a spoiler cast. Uh, I'll tell you that. we're We're gonna go in depth because uh, it, it's just it's a it is a movie that is worth talking about. There are things in it to talk about. Um, all right, so let's maybe talk about a little bit about What We Done Had
0: Watched this past week. What We Done Had Watched this past week. Ben, uh looks like you did a lot more watching than me this week. I did,
1: yeah. So I watched Greenland, and I'm going to save all of that for later. But uh, in a nutshell, I really liked it. I thought it had really tight writing and really good directing. Mm-hmm. It's definitely worth a watch, at least once, I yes. would say um i i watched two more episodes of mosquito coast and let me just say i don't like anybody in this show like all the characters are unlikable i don't like anybody hmm. they still have not revealed why they're on the run by the way and that's not really a spoiler the whole show is based on that yeah right?
0: the, I, it's also based on uh a book of which there was a harrison ford movie adaptation as well which i have not seen yeah
1: Uh, And then I watched, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know why I'm still watching this, but I'm still watching Jupiter's Legacy. I'm going to watch it till the end. Uh, I basically just want to get to the part where they get to some mountain. Anyway, uh, it's not great. You're you're really not missing anything.
0: No, I'm not. I just, I don't want it. It's not going to be in my life.
1: Don't start it because then you might feel like me, like you you need to finish it just to, because you're a completionista. Uh Uh-huh so just don't do it just don't even get in there
0: yeah uh i i watched only pretty much one i mean i've been watching i'm still watching doctor who reruns and i'm right re stuff i usually only talk about new stuff when we do this sure yeah 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 so uh i i watched army of the dead the Zack snyder zombie movie on netflix yeah this movie is tremendously deeply stupid but it I feel like it's fairly aware that it is so he it's almost it's almost like a sandbox zombie movie where like he's like it's very unpretentious. it's very very stupid uh but he'll I feel like Zack Snyder who I'm not I'm not a fan of Zack Snyder's but I feel like he was like I want to see this like I want to see a zombie tiger and what would that do and so here it's in the movie what if this zombie had a horse you know stuff like that it's just like there's like weird <laughs> it's, you know it's nonsense
1: um what if this zombie had a horse there
0: was uh there was robot like zombies with cybernetic parts that it never really mentioned in the background. That people noticed later on the internet, and Zack Snyder was like, that's something. Because he wants to make other things in this universe. Oh, okay, okay. So he... (laughs) Yeah. Okay. There was a lot of weird... There was like a hint at some sort of weird time thing, and all this... It was really bonkers. Uh, So it was worth watching. It was definitely stupid. Like, it's, it's bad in a way that I wasn't averse to watching it, you know? Yeah
1: yeah Yeah. Uh, it's stupid in a way you don't mind
0: yeah like it's ridiculous but i I enjoyed my time with it
1: okay all right well i'm I'm gonna check it out i've had some other friends that say it's worth watching so i'll check it out
0: yeah and then i i did rewatch venom because i'm excited for venom let there be carnage and i gotta say i liked it a lot more the second time really yeah so without going into it the first time i watched it i went in with a, a very intense prejudice about Sony Uh, I didn't like that they were even doing any of this and it still annoys me that they are and I was mad about the white spider which is not on him which I feel like they should have done even if it didn't make sense in the universe Uh, and all that stuff so having gotten past those those initial things and watched it a second time knowing about all that stuff Eddie Brock is extremely funny like he's very funny and I liked him a lot like Tom Hardy is very good uh, I like Venom. He's funny too. Uh, the bad guy Riot, he's better before he's Riot. You know, when he's Riz Ahmed, like he's great. And then Riot's only in it for a couple minutes, and he doesn't really matter. So that's fine. But I enjoyed the movie a lot more the second time. Okay. Maybe
1: I'll go back for a rewatch on that. Where did you watch it? I have it. I just. Oh, you have it. Yeah, I picked it up. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, there was I was thinking today there's a movie I need to pick up uh on Blu-ray that I don't have. And maybe by the end of the show I'll remember what that movie was.
0: Was it uh, Fast and the Furious? No, but that
1: I do need to update that one because I think I only have that on Blu-ray cuz it came out in 2001. 2001? 2001? Yeah. Like Blu-rays didn't exist, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, you had it on DVD.
1: Yeah, I have it on DVD. So I just, I just want to get the first two on Blu-ray. I don't need the rest of them. I just need those first
0: two. I think I have some of the random weird ones. Like, I think I have four and five and none of the other ones. <laughs> uh, I, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking that in the Berenstain
1: Bears universe that um, the third one was the last one. So when they made Tokyo Drift, they were like, okay, this franchise is dead. It's, you know, nobody's going to watch this. And they quit making them. Yeah. But in this universe, they kept making them. Yep, yep. Forever. Doesn't that seem like a parallel universe thing that we're living in the parallel universe that has Fast and the Furious 9? Yes, <laughs> it does.
0: I, I know exactly what you. Okay, I feel you on this. Yeah. Because, yeah. okay, say we're in Fringe and uh, Anna and Peter transfer to the Zeppelin universe. In the Zeppelin universe, there's a marquee that says Fast and the Furious 9. That's the fake universe where Fast and the Furious 9 exists, and that's the one that we're in. Yeah. But I don't see Zeppelins everywhere, Ben. No, I don't where see the... Zeppelins peppering the skies.
1: So, so, true story about Zeppelins, I mean, I wish they were peppering the sky, but there is a building in downtown Birmingham that has a Zeppelin tower built, uh, like, halfway, but it was yeah. made for docking a Zeppelin on.
0: Like the top of the Empire State Building.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just think that is the coolest, man. Like, ah, uh, I wish they still that's... had it. That's the world that I was meant to live in. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I, I, I'm going to try to think of that that Blu-ray that I wanted to get. Uh, I cannot think of it.
0: I don't know what it is.
1: Well, read my mind, Nick. Good grief.
0: I'm trying. You're wearing um, that, that tinfoil. I can't get through.
1: Uh, well, buddy, uh, let's take our tinfoil hats and talk about some of this here. New news.
0: This is the Dumb Dudes News Network. What do you got for me here in this new news? All
1: right, well, so we both added a bunch of news this week. There's some interesting little tidbits. Little, That's little a good tid- thing,
0: because we don't have a full lineup of trailers for you today. <laughs> no, we, so. we
1: don't. We don't. Um, all right, so this first piece of news here is that Timothy Chalamet is going to play Willy Wonka in a new origin tale from Warner Brothers and the Raw Doll Story Company.
0: That is really weird. Uh... It's not worse than Johnny Depp playing Willy Wonka.
1: (laughs) I think I have to agree.
0: Yeah, I feel I could I can reasonably see Timothy Chalamet's hair turning into Gene Wilder's hair. Yeah. So did I ever tell you that Gene Wilder was went to high school in Milwaukee with my grandpa? You have not told me this. They were in the same class. Wow. Wow.
1: Do you think that this movie will take more influence from the older stuff or from the Johnny Depp one?
0: I think it'll be totally from the older stuff. Uh, I don't think it'll, it'll be Tim Burton based at all. Yeah, I don't think so either. I feel like that was a one and done. Did you ever see James and the Giant Peach? Yes.
1: I don't have any other qu- questions about that. I'm sure <laughs> if you would seen it. <laughs> I don't have any follow-up questions.
0: My only other Roald Dahl trivia thing that I always tell people is that James Bond is based on Roald Dahl. He, yeah, was, we- he was a spy in World War II. Yeah, we've
1: had that uh, that discussion, yeah. I believe, on uh, folks. I don't remember what episode, but uh, so some, maybe some of you know. Yeah. Um, okay, so there is a rumor. This isn't this isn't necessarily news. This is a rumor. Um, I saw it on uh, what's that garbage website that we
0: are? <laughs> <laughs> we got this covered?
1: Yes. <laughs> so I, when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, Nick is gonna he would Nick would want me to double check other sites." So I did. So I Googled it, and a couple of other sites carried the rumor. So I was like, "Ah, eh, maybe it's worth talking about." Uh, but the rumor is that Quake, the Marvel character Quake, which was, uh, what's her name from uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I can't remember the actress's name.
0: Chloe Bennett.
1: That's it, Chloe Bennett. That's it. Um, that they're going to bring that Quake character into the MCU and that she'll be a mutant and not an uh, uh,
0: inhuman. Well, any rumor that... I hear about the MCU about mutants, I do not believe, because I truly don't believe they have outlined their plan for what they want mutants to be yet.
1: Well, I think it's important that they do have that outline in place, because uh, we all know what happens when you don't, uh, and I'm talking about Star Wars, so...
0: Yeah, but I don't think... They will outline it, but I just don't think they're thinking about it yet. Like, they're working on Phase 4 and 5 before they start to... Like, they're working on Fantastic Four now. They're not worried about mutants. They'll do that at some point.
1: Yeah. I'm sure they'll figure out a good way. Uh, But do give us that Fantastic
0: Four. Give it to us. Just hook it to our veins. Amazon has purchased MGM, also known as Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, for all of you people who hate acronyms. And... Uh, So Amazon now owns MGM Studios and they assured people that they will still release future Bond films theatrically. Because, as anyone knows, Bond is the only MGM property that anyone knows belongs to that studio. Because I cannot think of another IP that MGM owns. And this is the kind of stuff that I know.
1: uh, Did MGM uh, sell the movie rights to... um wizard of oz to disney or is that public domain
0: uh disney has wizard of oz mgm had distribution rights for some things that it no longer holds and i think wizard of oz might be one of those because uh, mgm Oz loses its high profile things uh which is probably why they were purchased by amazon like MGM had distribution rights to The Hobbit, which is why it took so long to make a Hobbit movie. uh, Because they wouldn't deal with New Line. And so the state of The Hobbit movies is the fault of them, in my heart. But I just... I don't know why Amazon... I mean, I guess they can get past MGM movies in their... uh, In their streaming service. But again, I can't think of any Beyond James Bond... Legally blonde is is MGM <laughs> that's one <laughs> uh, but yeah so yeah I don't know I they bought MGM Amazon bought MGM they're gonna own bond movies okay
1: I want bond less than I want Tom Clancy verse
0: yeah I want them to make the Clancy verse because they're off to a good start but they need to they need to continue doing it and they need to continue doing it the way they're doing it which is slowly and methodically
1: yeah double down put the dollars into it i mean you've got the dollars yes so that happened and then uh blumhouse is adapting the battersea poltergeist into both a scripted and documentary series i'm not familiar with this
0: okay so the battersea poltergeist is a very famous haunted house story uh from the 50s in england and there's a podcast called the battersea poltergeist that bbc made and it's, I'm listening to it right now because I, I saw this announcement and I was like, I'm going to check that out because this is, I like ghost stuff. And this podcast is is half scripted and then it has little like dramatized scenes. And the scenes are acted by Toby Jones, who's one of the best actors ever, and Daphne Keene, who was uh, the girl in Logan, the X2 girl and also in his dark materials so she's a good actor as well yeah so it's a really good podcast it's about this poltergeist story and blumhouse is going to make the like a dramatized version and a documentary version of like a show about this which is cool because it's a really interesting story cool yeah
1: that sounds that sounds good
0: yeah i hope that that they get toby jones to be in it too because he's the best well i know how you like ghost stuff yeah. Documentaries, movies, Toby Jones.
1: If it's got Bigfoot or or ghosts in it, you're in, buddy.
0: My favorite thing Toby Jones has ever said in a movie is in Captain America when Tommy Lee Jones is interrogating him. And uh, he goes, the sanity of the plan is of no consequence. <laughs> and, and Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones is like, why is that? And he goes, because he can do it. <laughs>
1: that is uh, that, that stands out in my mind as well it's just the best
0: but yeah so love Toby Jones love Battersea Poltergeist story so I'll check that out when it comes out yeah uh, oh it looks like the Evil Dead sequel Evil Dead Rise is coming to HBO Max with Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell executive producing so they're making an e- Evil Dead sequel not based off of the 2013 reboot but based on the Raimi movies and it's gonna star uh, Alyssa Sutherland from Vikings who was Oslug on vikings
1: well that reboot in 2013 that was uh sam Raimi was not heavily involved i don't think right
0: no he wasn't heavily involved they still i think were on as producers but that was uh oh what's that guy's name robot voice it was fedi alvarez a guy whose name i usually know but because i'm trying to think of it on the spot cannot think of it made that movie uh Yeah, like Edgar Ramirez or something. I don't know. Edgar, your skin is hanging off your face. Edgar, what on earth was that?
1: What the heck is it, Edgar?
0: Yeah, so anyway, Evil Dead sequel. Uh, I saw a thing where it said they were taking it from the forest to the city, which makes me a little less excited about it because I like Evil Dead's aesthetic of being in creepy forest monsters, but we'll see. Yeah, it's like Predator. Yeah, and we all know how that worked for Predator 2.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, our last piece of news we have here is that Aaron Taylor. I don't understand this piece of news, dude. I don't. First of all, uh, let me just preface this, but saying I don't understand Sony and their decision making. Okay, I don't understand. Aaron Taylor Johnson has been cast as Craven for the Sony movie called Craven the Hunter.
0: Yeah, so Craven the Hunter is one of the best Spider Man villains. Yes, and uh, for some reason they're doing uh, they're doing an over- origin story, which okay if they want him to be an antagonist for spider-man in the future it would be pretty cool to have an origin story first but you know is this going to be some disconnected sony thing the sony the sony marvel movies are are becoming weird and hard to place but i think that spider-man 3 is gonna shed some light on that i think we're gonna get some multiverse stuff here but let's talk about this casting i don't like it No, nobody, nobody likes this. I don't care for Aaron Taylor Johnson. I never really have. I just don't like him. And I love Craven. It makes me kind of mad that Keanu Reeves passed on the role when they offered it to him. But then it's like, there was other people that auditioned, like Brad Pitt did. Like, give it to Brad Pitt. He rules. Adam Driver. He needs to be over forty
1: years old. Yes, yeah. He's a and he is an experienced
0: hunter. He is, and also I feel like he's just going to do that same accent that he did for Quicksilver.
1: I don't want God. Like Spider Man has some of the best villains, and 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 I feel like they're just shackled. They're shackled. I mean, like. Yeah, Venom is passable But think of how good Venom could have been In the hands of Kevin Feige and whoever he picks To make the movie And you know, put it in the MCU
0: He'd have that white spider
1: He would uh, Or he would eventually get it Like Scarlet Witch eventually getting her get up
0: Yeah
1: They'd find a way Life uh, uh,
0: finds a way Plus, there are so many actors In the world And they pick so one who is already a Marvel character
1: Well, I mean, there has been a bit of a track record with that already, but we don't have to continue doing that.
0: It makes sense for certain things. So, like, Gemma Chan being Cersei in Eternals, yeah, okay, she's in Captain Marvel as Minerva, but she's blue in that and doesn't look the same. And then, like, Chris Evans being Human Torch in a completely disconnected Fantastic Four movie from 20 years ago, that doesn't matter this is supposed to sort of exist alongside or within the same universe is it not like i don't know i don't know what they're doing i just i need to see spider-man no way home and i need to see doctor strange in the multiverse of madness to know if there actually is some sort of idea of combining these in some way or something i don't i don't know dude well we'll just have to see yep
1: that's all we can do. So, all right. So that's all the new news, and that brings us to the new-new.
0: new 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 new
1: trailers, folks. We have an Adele four.
0: <laughs> we have a the wickedly talented one third of a dozen.
1: <laughs> one third of a dozen, but these are all uh, w- worth talking about for sure.
0: These are all high profile. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah for sure so the first one is the highest of the profiles and that is marvel's
0: eternals okay this one i have already watched about 35 times since it came out like i'm not even joking so eternals is one of the one of the few comics that i have the like the actual physical graphic novel of i have the neil gaiman eternals uh on a shelf right over there and i can see it and that's sort of the one that i believe they're taking the most uh inspiration from to make this movie and this trailer is very good it's very teasery we got we start off with some people uh ancient humans probably babylonian mesopotamian era times and the eternal ship comes and they're just sort of like there and they exist throughout all of time throughout all of history and they sort of keep to the sidelines the the plot of the eternals the comic and and anyways is the celestials who we saw briefly in other movies uh ego was a celestial the guardians of the galaxy had that flashback to the giant guy with the staff destroying people that's a celestial so the celestials created two groups of people uh the eternals and the deviants and the deviants are like just messed up underground monster people, and the eternals were the ones that humans mistook as gods. And so they sort of exist in conflict with the deviants throughout all of history and they sort of live uh, parallel to, to humans, not with with them. But then in the Neil Gaiman one, there's something that happens which is probably going to happen in the movie, so I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to spoil the the movie for people who don't read comics. But there's something that happens where they they lose their memories and they, they sort of get stuck in this earth life in the present and they think they're normal people. And then they slowly start waking up because of something happening. And then it comes together that way. So I think that's going to be in the movie as well. I think they're going to lose that uh, the memory like in the Neil Gaiman comic and then regain it. Do you think we're going to see the origin of Nowhere? I would like to see that if one of them gets decapitated, one of the Celestials gets decapitated, and his head goes floating off into space. That would be pretty cool. I don't know if they'll get to it, but that would be that would be neat.
1: I wonder if we'll also see like uh, a hint or a you know a Easter egg for Galactus.
0: Yeah, they should just they should just plop that helmet on somebody. You know, one of the Celestials. Like he, I know he's not a Celestial in the comics. He's a different thing, but make him a celestial in the MCU because that's what they look like. You know, yeah, it
1: makes sense. He, yeah. he fits. He fits in that that uh, barrel. I don't. What, what does he fit in, Neil? Uh,
0: the milieu. M- milieu. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So,
1: uh, our I will say. So, this looks great. The art direction in this looks second to none. I love the like golden writing stuff that that's happening with the designs and whatnot. It is so just, I mean, it's chef's kiss, you know, plus uh, everything's
0: shot on location.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. No sound stages. Oh, that's, that's cool. Okay. That's cool. Uh, but you know, I still think I'm actually more excited for uh legend of 10 rings, man.
0: It's really hard to pick. I'll be excited for whatever I'm watching at the time the most. Uh, like between widow shang chi and and this except the thing is is that i deeply deeply love angelina jolie and she's in this so that has <laughs> that has my full allegiance for the okay. time being
1: okay okay well i can't can't fault you for that
0: no. <laughs> i made a meme about it
1: <laughs> indeed you did so uh so we're really looking forward to the eternal gonna be great Yes. Um, next trailer we have here is Last Night in Soho, starring Chess Girl.
0: Yeah, Anya Taylor Joy. And also starring Thomason uh, McKenzie from JoJo Rabbit. Oh, okay, okay. And Matt Smith, The Doctor. Hey, that's
1: right. Um, so, uh, the, uh, Edgar Wright, has he done horror type stuff before?
0: Shaun of the Dead. That's
1: not this looks very more horror-y, you know.
0: Well, it looks like a time travel thriller movie to me. Yeah. Uh the it, I would say th- there's like a a creepy a creepiness to it for sure and and not like movies he's done before. Let me read the plot synopsis for this. It says a young girl passionate about fashion design, Thomas and McKenzie, is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters her idol a dazzling wannabe singer anya taylor joy but 1960s london is not what it seems and the time and time seems to fall apart with shady consequences so she's a fashion designer in present time thomas and mckenzie she's going back in time and i think the way that she does that is she inhabits anya taylor joy's body and so she's like running around doing London '60s things, and then her messing with the past starts to mess things up. And being that this is Edgar Wright, I'm certain that that will all be written and planned out and like tied together really, really well in a way that I'm excited to see. A little
1: bit of a butterfly effect.
0: Yeah, something like that. That's that's what I got. It is a very teasery trailer. There's not a lot of dialogue. So you, I sort of am just extrapolating that from the description here and then the images they see. Uh, the end is the end of the trailer is a little more where where I I, I said it was a little horror-y, uh, thrillery because all of a sudden somebody has a knife and <laughs> somebody's in trouble and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To t- just personally, this did not look all that appealing, even though I know it's probably gonna be good because it's Edgar Wright. Did not look appealing to me.
0: Here's the thing: if this wasn't Edgar Wright, or I didn't know it was Edgar Wright, I would have written it off really quickly. But because it is Edgar Wright, I like all of his movies so far. Like literally every single one, I like. Uh, so I'm gonna watch it. Like the man has earned that, you know.
1: He's like a he's kind of like a James Gunn. He'll he'll take on a project that you would not be interested in otherwise, but now you are because you know he's doing it yeah like the suicide squad (laughs) Uh, exactly on my point exactly yeah yep yep all right so uh then we the next trailer we have here is for gunpowder milkshake i remember we talked about this a while back
0: yeah i think i said uh when we gun get a while ago or something because i've been obsessed with this yeah i follow karen gillen on on social media she's one of the few people where i like turn the volume on when when she does her stories you know (laughs) uh so I've been excited about this movie ever since they started doing it, and basically this is a, a is like a John Wick esque shoot 'em up. It stars Karen Gillan. It says three generations of women fight back against those who could take everything from them. So we have Lena Headey, who is playing Karen Gillan's mother, even though she's only 14 years older than she is. We got Karen Gillan as the middle generation, and then there's a kid that they're protecting, I think, and Carla Gugino is there. Uh, she had a, a minigun on a car. That was pretty cool. Paul Giamatti is there, and he's a bad guy. Michelle Yao is in it. Uh, Ralph Ineson, who has that cool English voice. He's uh, the dad and the witch. <laughs> that guy's in it. Uh, it just looks really good. It looks like John Wick. It does. And this is a period
1: piece, too. I think it looks like it takes place in the 80s.
0: Yeah, it's definitely got that sort of 80s neon-y sort of aesthetic to it as well and it I don't, I don't feel bad comparing it to john wick because this is something that they've been working on for so long and it, it's people always will be like this is just the so-and-so version of the i don't want it, it looks completely different and unique it just is a shoot 'em up like john wick is and that's the well, kind of movie that i like
1: it, it does share some uh sort of the same beats as john wick uh like it's you know you have this conglomeration of assassins or hit people. And now one of them's breaking the rules and all of them go after that. You know, it's like that kind of, thing the secret society of hit men.
0: Maybe I don't feel bad comparing it. (laughs) It is pretty (laughs) similar, but you know what? That's fine. I'm okay with it.
1: Uh, I'm fine. It's fine too. Uh, there's this movie features a lot of that, uh, Porsche 944 from the eighties. So I wonder if like people are going to be wanting that car. Uh, after this comes out, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Beats me. I won't be able to afford one.
1: Uh they're not too bad. I mean, you can get them for under ten in decent shape.
0: I won't be able to afford one. <laughs> <laughs> I would make yeah. it my business. <laughs> <laughs> Although I sold some AMC stock today, and I got to tell you, now I can I can afford something. That was doing yeah. pretty well today.
1: That's good. Uh, maybe maybe um. We get that sweet, sweet uh, mattress advertising money. You can get you a, a Porsche nine hundred
0: forty-four. Right, yeah. Hit us up. Uh, we don't care if it's purple or if it's uh, the, the otter one. Sweet like nectar. <laughs> yeah, I don't
1: know. Pay us. Pay, <laughs> pay up. Money, okay. please. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> um, all right, so the last trailer that we have here, the Adele one, quarter, or one quarter-teenth. No, it's not a quarter. It's is a it third. a quarter? It's a third. Jeez. Uh, the Adele, 13rd in The wicked... Gosh. Let's try this again.
0: <laughs> the fourth one.
1: The, <laughs> the stupid fourth one. Is, uh, a I guess, a full trailer for The Tomorrow War with old Chris Pratt.
0: Yeah, so the first time I watched this trailer, like, this afternoon, I could, I was, could barely pay attention to it. I was like, this is so... Punch press action movie, you know. And then I watched it again, and I liked it a little more the second time because I started to notice that A, I noticed that J.K. Simmons is in it, and then B, I noticed that Sam Richardson is in it, and I like them guys. Uh, also, Mike Mitchell from the Doughboys podcast is in the is in the credits uh, for the the cast. I love him, uh, and you you've probably seen him. He's on he's been on Parks and Rec and and. Uh, he was on that show love on netflix and uh hidden america with jonah ray but yeah i love mike mitchell and i saw i see him in the credits so if he's in this movie oh maybe maybe i like it more than i thought i did maybe 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 the premise of the time travel
1: movies always break some sort of rule or they're not consistent in some way i think and i was trying to figure out like what bothers me about this premise and it's that um, as the future branches, th- where they're going to fight is potentially not their future, and so they're fighting somebody else's war in some other reality.
0: Yeah, if unless it works on Back to the Future rules, in which case there's one static timeline and travel between it is fluid. So therefore, in Back to the Future, the way that I the way that time travel works for me, like. I know it doesn't work, but the way that I understand it best in movies is the way that it worked on Lost, which is also the way that it worked on Avengers Endgame. Uh, Lost and Endgame worked the same. Where, So uh, the, there's this one section in Lost where <clears throat> uh, Miles explains to Hurley how time travel works, and it's the best in-universe explanation of time travel that I've ever heard in anything. It's in season four of Lost. And he's talking to Hurley, and he says... He's like, hey, if Hurley says, hey, if, if I was in the Dharma Initiative in the 70s, then why don't I remember that? And Miles says, well, okay, what? how old were you when you crashed on the island? You were 31. Well, you joined the Dharma Initiative when you were 33. So when you're 31, you don't remember things you did when you were 33 because it hasn't happened yet. So it's a, it's a you exist in linear time. But you're hopping around the timeline, which works like a needle on a record point. You know, it's like a needle on a record. Time is a, is a flat circle, as as Mr. McConaughey would have us know. And uh, your present tense is just the, the point, the needle point. But the needle is always the needle. It just moves to different points on the on the record. Except the needle can die. The needle can die. And then you get a new one on Amazon.
1: Amazon brings me back to
0: life. Because <laughs> that's where The Tomorrow War is premiering on July 2nd.
1: <laughs> Indeed it is. All right, folks. Well, that does it for the new, new trailers. And that brings us to
0: IMDBS. That's right. You thought we were just going to do four trailers and leave you hanging? Nope. We got the the funnest game.
1: We do have the funnest game. Man, I love this game. And so we both have five Different movies that we're going to be featuring here, and the goal of this is going to be guess the lie within three trivias for each movie. So we're going to give three uh, quote-unquote facts about each movie, but one of them is going to be a made up by... A filthy lie. A filthy, filthy lie by either Nick or me, and so the other person has to guess. Uh, the points don't matter, just like whose line is it anyway, except for they do, because Nick always remembers who won and who lost. <laughs> I lost every time yep so uh anyway so uh i will go first have you want me to go first
0: yeah how right. did you divine your your movies this time did you just pick five movies you like i just yeah i just picked five movies i liked yep i went to i have a group chat with my cousins and i uh, with jess and me there's five of us and i said mm-hmm. hey each one of you pick a movie so they each picked a movie and so i did their four movies and then i picked my own
1: oh that's great that's great well, in, uh, so to lead this off, I actually chose Greenland as, as uh, the movie. Clever. Uh, yeah, because we're going to be talking about it later. So there was actually some fun facts here. Uh, first fact, or the, uh, the first trivia. Do we want to call them trivias or facts? What do we want to call these? I,
0: I've been calling them trivias.
1: So I don't know. Yeah, yeah we have been using that, uh, that terminology. A uh, little first little trivia here: uh, Chris Evans was initially attached to play the lead role with Neil Blomkamp directing. Both dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Trivia two: the same double sonic boom sound effect is used for every fragment's atmospheric entry. And then trivia number three: the bunker at the end of the movie was the same bunker used for filming in *Mockingjay* the third. Hunger Games movie.
0: Okay. I could see... I can't see Neil Blomkamp directing this because it isn't a metaphor for apartheid. All all of his movies have been thus far. Like, every single one legit uh, has been. So this this would be a very strange departure for Neil Blomkamp. Uh, That sounds made up, but also, so does the... The Mockingjay one, because did they really film that in a real bunker? That's that would surprise me more than anything else if they filmed Mockingjay in a real bunker. So, because I, I said that, it's probably the middle one. So I'm gonna go completely against both of my instincts and choose B.
1: <laughs> well, B is true. Uh, the Dang same double <laughs> sonic. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you should have gone with the, that sort of the uh, the snap judgment. The bunker one is made up. I made that one up.
0: Okay. Yeah, uh, I couldn't. Mockingjay seems like they shot the entire movie in a soundstage. I'm really surprised about Neil Blomkamp, though. This does not seem like a Blomkamp movie. It doesn't. It
1: doesn't have, like, tech in it, you know, some kind of tech in it, really.
0: A real. Yeah, I guess he could have made a social message. Yeah. All right. Um, My first movie is one of my other all time favorite movies in the history of the universe. So this was my pick from, from my group message The Edge. One of my favorite movies ever. It's the movie of uh, Alec Baldwin and Anthony Hopkins vs. a Bear. Trivia A. The first little bit of trivia here. Sir Anthony Hopkins was suffering from a slipped disc throughout filming and incorporated the pain he felt from this into his performance. And I'm doing exaggerated facial uh, movements so you can't try and read my face <laughs> in case you were.
1: Uh, if you have any tells.
0: Yeah. Trivia B. Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman were considered for the role of Charles, Anthony Hopkins' character. Trivia C. When Harold Perrineau is killed by the bear, the original intent was to have the real bear tear apart a dummy human, but Bart the bear was too well trained to attack the human puppet, so they had to reverse the plan and have an animatronic bear attack the real stunt performer.
1: Um B sounds like trivia that IMDBs likes to have or that IMDB likes to have. You know, I'm going to go with the third one is the lie because you can train that bear to attack a stunt performer but not rip apart a dummy. A little bit of inconsistency there. I'm going to say that's the lie.
0: Well, it said it said an animatronic bear attacked a real stunt performer. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I think that's the lie. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're off one and I'm down one so far. Okay.
1: My second movie is Equilibrium, uh, starring one uh, Christian Bale. uh, Who, by the way, this is a freebie. uh, Christian Bale was the only person uh, uh, that was considered for that role. Hmm. So glad he took it, you know. Uh, All right, so here we go. Trivia A, the gun-kata fighting style featured in the film was actually a variation of an actual gun-fighting style developed in Japan in the 1930s. Trivia two: The puppy used in the movie was a Bernese Mountain Dog. The noises it made were not made by the dog, but by an actor who was specialized in mimicking animals.
0: I bet it was that guy from from uh, Police Academy, Michael Winslow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, and then trivia C: The pistol whip fights, uh, the pistol whip fight between John Preston and the officers, took only thirty minutes to film.
0: All right those are all very, those all sound very real to me uh, I know that a lot of times people do ADR for animal noises like Dee Bradley Baker does it constantly nowadays the dude from uh yeah the dude that does all the animal noises on the Simpsons and what that whatnot. Frank Welker yeah that's who I was thinking of uh C I don't think that it took 30 minutes to film that scene
1: well, it did take 30 minutes. Heck, you <laughs> lose. Uh, the first one about the gun caught it was made up.
0: That was my uh, second choice.
1: Yeah. So I think the director or somebody just made it up in their backyard. It was
0: like, not a big deal. Based on the on the time period of that movie, I bet Frank Welker did the animal noises for the dog. I don't know if there's a way to know that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it was probably Frank Welker.
1: Yeah, hey, I wonder if he's in the
0: credits. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, My second movie was picked by by Squid, my cousin. He chose The Thing, starring Kurt Russell. Alright, trivia A. Kurt Russell and Keith David were both told by John Carpenter whether or not they were themselves or The Thing in the final shot of the movie. To this day, neither of them has revealed what he told them. Trivia B. John Carpenter was sold on making the film by the blood test scene. He was also adamant to create a monster movie where the creature was not obviously played by a man in a suit, something that had bothered him somewhat while watching Alien. And trivia C. The original movie, The Thing from Another World, in 1951, took place in the Arctic region of the North Pole. This version takes place in Antarctica.
1: I think B, if B is the lie, it's a really good one. <laughs> and I really like that one. If that is, a, if that is indeed the lie i'm gonna go c is the lie
0: so you don't think the original was in the north pole but you're wrong it was the lie on this one is is the first one uh john Carpenter did not tell keith uh uh, keith david or kurt russell if they were the thing or human uh and if he did it's it's too secret even for the imdb trivia section (laughs) about as
1: secret as that coca-cola recipe man (laughs) All right, so my third movie is Serenity.
0: Ooh, that's one of my my faves.
1: Yeah. All right, so trivia one: there is a scene on uh, there is a scene on the Serenity where a cargo container displays Jane Cobb's iconic yellow, orange, and red hat on the side, leading many fans to speculate that the container was filled with the hats. Trivia two: the cannon the crew mounts to Serenity is a World War II German twenty mm Flak thirty eight cannon. Uh, trivia three Mal's drink of choice is ngun pa sorry Mm ka pai I butchered that sorry I'm not, I don't speak Chinese I only speak Thai uh, it's a Chinese brandy it appears in his quarters and he ordered it in the first scene of Firefly the episode called The Train Job
0: well I know that the, I think I know that that second one is true I think I heard that somewhere yeah so that one I think is true uh Jane's hat was made by his mother, and he received it in a a package in the mail. So, I don't think that he had a lot of them unless that was some sort of Easter egg or joke that I don't know about. I'm gonna go with a a is the lie you
1: win all right, got it woohoo it's funny that it's and it's so interesting that you say that because I built this lie off of one of the trivias that was like there was a cargo container. That said, reusable container, do not destroy, which was an inside joke because they destroyed completely destroyed all the Firefly sets before they made Serenity, so they had to build all the Serenity sets from scratch.
0: Ah, yeah, they shouldn't have destroyed that. That was that was important history there. Firefly and Serenity is one of the greatest things ever done by humans. And like, can you imagine how much
1: pieces and parts of that set would go for if you were to sell them today?
0: Yeah, they just they just were so short-sighted with everything about that entire series. You know, they they so short-sighted. You, they really were. My third movie, my cousin Ann chose this one, and it's Color Out of Space. The Nicholas K hey, 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 guys! Oh no, it's him. He's here. Hey, I didn't I didn't even see you come in there, Nick. Hey, I was here already. Uh, I never left. I, the door doesn't really. You know, I can't figure out the lock. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in here though, Ben. I'm gonna read this one for you. Okay. Uh, the color out of space. So both trivia A, both Nicolas Cage, that's me, and director Richard Stanley at one point of their life went under a search for the Holy Grail. Trivia B, in a Q and A with director Richard Stanley, he claimed that the film would be the first in a trilogy. Uh, in March 21, the trilogy was canceled after Stanley was accused of domestic abuse. Uh, so he shouldn't have done that, Ben. <laughs> uh, it's a bad luck. And a Trivia C. Jack Gardner has an Event Horizon movie poster on his bedroom wall. An Easter egg uh, homage to Jolie Richardson, who plays his mother in the film.
1: Well, that third one sounds real. The first one sounds bonkers enough that it, that I, I imagine it could be true. If it's the lie, it was a good one. I'm going to go with B is the lie.
0: Ben, look into my eyes. You know for a fact that I looked for the Holy Grail. So that one is true. But... B is true. Unfortunately, Richard Stanley, the director of the movie, is a major tool. Nick is why you fail. And Nick Nick here, not me, I'm Nick Cage, this Nick here, he made up that Event Horizon thing, even though Jolie Richardson is in Event Horizon and this movie.
1: Oh, wow, okay, there's a connection. Oh, you got me. You got
0: me. I stepped in and I got you. Now I'm going to head back out and let Nick handle the rest of these. Thanks for having me on the podcast again. Hey, oh, see, thanks. See you Nick. later.
1: See you later, Nick Cage. Oh, Nate, what what a guy, huh? Yeah, he just was in here. Uh, I, I I didn't see him, but I did hear him.
0: Yeah, he eats all my uh, Uts pub mix, and he doesn't pay for any new stuff because he sold his dinosaur skull, and he blew all the money. That's a, that's also a bad look. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so my th- uh, fourth movie is War of the Worlds. This is the one with Tom Cruise. A lot of fun trivia on this one. Uh, Trivia A, an actual out of use Boeing 747 was bought to be used as the crashed plane in the suburban neighborhood. Trivia 2, the war cry sound of the tripods was made with a didgeridoo and computer effects. And trailer 3, actual volcanic ash was used in the effects for the scenes where the tripods uh, use their energy weapons to vaporize people in the streets, as Spielberg thought it looked better than several other alternatives that were tested.
0: All of those sound real. Like, it's Steven Spielberg, so I don't think he's above buying a plane and a crashed plane or whatever, and then also the volcanic ash. But, like, where would you get that? And would you, like, import it? Is that a thing you can buy? Probably is. But I bet it was CG, though. I'm gonna say C. You got it. That's the lie. All right, that's two. I got two this time. Yeah, you're you're beating
1: me. I think I only have one, right?
0: Uh, yes, I think you you got my uh, the first one about the bear, but I got you with the thing, and I got you with Colorado Space. Oh man, could I win? Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the next one is my cousin in law, Derek. He chose In Bruges, which is the movie with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. All right. Trivia A. In one scene, Ray, Colin Farrell, fires a blank into a thug's eye, blinding him. In Tigerland, Farrell's character shoots a blank into a man's eye, but does not blind him. Trivia B. In the original script, Ray and Ken are British, but when Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson came on board, the characters were changed to Irish to suit their natural sensibilities. And Trivia C. Colin Farrell enjoyed prank calling co-star Brendan Gleeson's hotel room using his American accent.
1: To me, B sounds like... That doesn't sound like a decision that would be made so hastily. I I, I think B has got to be the lie.
0: I got you again, Ben. Dang. They changed him to Irish because they cast those Irish guys. The one that I made up is the prank... The prank call with the American accent. Because Colin Uh, Farrell does a really good American accent. So I just thought that if I was him, that's what I would do.
1: (laughs) That's good. That's good. Well, you got me. You got me. Uh, Still in the lead there. Okay. Final movie that I have here is The Fast and the Furious. And yes, I'm talking about the original film from 2001, folks. There were so many fun trivias to choose from i think i'm gonna to have to read a couple extra after we after we do this because it's just too much good stuff all right so trivia a vin diesel's character is supposed to be 24 in the film in reality vin diesel was 10 years older than that during filming trivia b the mitsubishi eclipse used for filming broke down on six separate occasions so mechanics were brought on to set to repair the vehicle and subsequently were paid to stay on set until filming was completed Trivia C, filmmakers asked owners of houses in background shots to repaint their houses with more muted colors to show off the colorful cars.
0: Hmm. I feel like they would have to pay them for that third one. So, I don't know if that's part of the trivia or not, that they were compensated. I don't think they would do that, uh... The second one also sounds like they probably had mechanics already. That seems weird that they would need to bring in extra mechanics. But the th- the third one sounds like where would you have if you where would you have plucked that from? You know, it's so <laughs> random. I'm gonna say the third one.
1: Uh, that is actually true. They did uh, ask those homeowners to to do their houses in different colors.
0: Is it the second one? Yeah, the Mitsubishi okay. one. Yeah, I, they had to have mechanics
1: already. Yeah, yeah, and also like that was like a kind of a new car. Like, why would it break down six times? Yeah, who knows? (laughs) All right, so
0: I've that one. Where'd you, where'd you? Yeah, where would you have gotten that from? It's so random. The painted house thing, like pulling that out of the ether, would have been truly bonkers.
1: (laughs) That that would have been. Uh, Some other fun facts about this movie: Vin Diesel accidentally broke a stuntman's nose.
0: Not a good look.
1: No, no. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez and uh, Jordana Brewster they didn't have driver's license or even learner's permits before production of the film started.
0: And then Michelle Rodriguez lost hers when they were filming Lost because she was <laughs> drunk right. driving in Hawaii.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, there, so there's a sh- there's a scene where it's like the, they call them the race wars, and supposedly there was like one thousand five hundred cars, uh, which is like a giant car show almost in that scene at one point studio execs were trying to get Colin Farrell uh, to play the part of Dominic.
0: Interesting. He uh I don't know if he would have continued making so many of those movies. It was a very Colin Farrell heavy IMDBS today.
1: It, it really is. Um there oh, the first the first street race has over fifteen thousand individual sound effects.
0: That makes sense.
1: That's crazy to me.
0: Glad some sound engineer got paid. Or hopefully, hopefully they paid him. They probably just put him in crunch time and didn't pay him anything. Alright, Ben, you ready for my fifth movie here? Let's do it. This is Jess's pick. This is Mary Poppins. Alright, the classic Mary Poppins.
1: So good. Still holds up.
0: Trivia A. Julie Andrews passed on playing Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady to play Mary Poppins. Trivia B. The step-in-time sequence had to be filmed twice because of a scratch on the film from the first take. The entire sequence took a week to film. Trivia C. Mary Poppins quotes John Keats' endymion when she comments, A thing of beauty is a joy forever, as she pulled a potted plant out of her carpet bag. The same quote was used by Gene Wilder in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory.
1: It's got to be B. B. Ha- if B is not the lie, I don't know what is.
0: You lose. I got you b is true they had to reshoot it because of a scratch on the film the lie is that julie andrews passed on playing eliza doolittle she was actually hesitant to take on mary poppins because she thought she was going to get cast as eliza doolittle and then they cast audrey hepburn instead of her in that so she thanked the director of that movie when she won her uh, uh i forget what award it was golden globe or something for mary poppins so she thanked the director of uh, My Fair Lady for passing on her. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Alright, well, it looks like you are the wiener. You win. you the wiener. I've never won this game before. What will I do? Go to Disneyland? Probably not. No, you go to see a recording of Shusha. <laughs> you the
1: wiener. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, that does it for IMDBS, and that uh, brings us to... Oh, we're not doing trailer mailers.
0: No, uh, because this is well, there wasn't enough time between last week and, and this recording, so people haven't had time to answer the questions times, so we're going to just hold off on that. But if you still want to answer the, the question times you got until next next week, uh, you can email us at trailerblazerspod at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter as well at Trailer underscore Blazers, where I won't ever check, so don't try and send me information on Twitter. And if you're feeling uh, super generous, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you do that, Craig Mickey's going to let you know what happens. Hey,
1: folks, I'm going to let you know, like I always do. You let that five-star riding on there, and I promise you I'll look into one of those services, well, you can hire one of them celebrity types to make a little message for you. And we're going to look up Colin Farrell, baby. And we're going to see if he's available, if he's on there, how much does it cost. But if it's too expensive, don't don't expect Quick Mickey to, to do that. Because I'm a simple man of simple means. But if you leave that five-star writing on there, I will consider it. And that's the tip.
0: Thank you, Quick Mickey. Effervescent, reticulated, resplendent, as always. Uh, For the Trailer Blazers, my name is Nick Kelly, and I'm sorry I talked so long about time travel. Happy Trailzers.
1: And I'm Ben Moon, and I wish I was in the first Fast and the Furious film, but I wasn't. Happy Trailzers. Welcome back, folks, to the Greenland spoiler cast segment of the show. Uh, it felt weird to say that. I almost uh, said the same old stuff.
0: It's really hard to to reshift our brains in this. I still feel like talking about this as a video game, but it isn't one. It was a movie.
1: It was a movie, folks. So if you have not seen Greenland and you don't want it to be spoiled, then you can stop the show right here and then come back to it after you watch the movie. Uh, or if you don't, but if you don't care, you know who cares?
0: It's on HBO, like I said at the top. No, you no, you HBO.
1: said it was from HBO.
0: Oh yeah, I was being pretentious, British yeah. guy.
1: Okay, so so Nick and I both have watched this movie. Let me go ahead and uh, so I actually really like this. I really like this movie.
0: I liked it. I liked it a lot as well.
1: Off the top, let me just go ahead and tell you, the special effects effects in this are hit and miss, hit or miss. Yes, they're hit or miss.
0: It's not, that's not, yeah, that's not what it is about, though. It's not, it's not an effects driven disaster no. movie like your Days After Tomorrow or your 2012s or any of Roland Emmerich's movies. Not at all. Really? Not at all. This is, this is a, a humanity driven, character driven, yeah. end of the world movie.
1: This is one of those end of the world movies where it is, you can picture yourself in it. Um, and, yes, easily. Yeah, right. And so, like, I was even like, when they were in that suburban neighborhood where his house is i was like have i uh-huh. been in this neighborhood because it looks like every suburban upper middle class neighborhood out there doesn't it
0: yep yeah and and so we start off we start off basically with i'm we're not gonna go beat by beat throughout the storyline right. but we start off with jerry butler and uh he's sort of on the rocks with his wife morena beckerin and they're having they're trying to like reconcile and and it's a little awkward for them they have like a little get together and uh during this get together they uh send out gerard butler on an errand and he gets this phone call and it's like the president like an automated message from the president where they selected certain people to be housed in these bunkers during this cataclysmic oncoming event which is this comet that that they've been watching for the first 15-20 minutes of the movie on the news the comet is actually going to break up and and enter the earth's atmosphere and destroy everything and
1: it definitely does that um it's and it happens so fast too because we we were the movie takes place like what basically the last like three days before the event or something like that
0: yeah it's a very sudden swift uh destruction event and so the people that got selected, they selected people that would be you know useful in the in the new world order, <laughs> post extinction event. You know. Yeah. So your your doctors, Jer- Jerry Butler, got picked because he's a structural engineer. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, you and I would not be picked. I I feel very safe saying that both you and I would not be picked.
0: Nope. There's no way that I would be chosen. Uh, I don't think in the new world order post. Destruction. There's going to be need for someone who does U.S. equivalencies for international education, which is what I do. Uh, there will not
1: be any need for a salesman of any kind. So uh, I will not be chosen either. So the question I wanted to, to ask, you know, after stating that fact, was: it, Do you think there would be some strategy that you could come up with in time to maybe survive in in some way?
0: i don't me personally what would i do in this in this situation i don't know i'd probably i'd probably try and get somewhere more remote that i thought maybe would would have less of an effect uh if 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 it's no holds barred you know like it's do or die i would try and get wherever the least damage was projected to happen because i assume there'd be some sort of projection of when what was going to happen and where, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, the final shot of the movie is like the earth with all the craters on it. And the size of the crater of the big one that hit Europe, uh, which is the biggest piece. Uh I mean, that's a, that's a planet destroyer. You you would have um, thousands and thousands, maybe even like tens of thousands of years where the atmosphere is just, you know, as hot as Venus. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Uh, The only thing I know is, when they were in the bunkers, uh, I was trying to guess how long they would have to be in there. And I said the exact same time frame that the movie said. So either I'm as dumb as the movie or as smart as the movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so nine months is the time that they gave uh, of when the big one hit and when they came out of the bunker. And there's like birds flying around. So like so animals survived the, the blast and the heat. Because in the movie they mentioned that there's 900 degree winds they go around the earth after the big one hits and mm-hmm. uh but apparently some animals survive I, I was wondering could you go to the north pole or antarctica and maybe have the temperatures remain somewhat livable stable and also maybe have some shielding because you know antarctica has like mountains and stuff so like, you can maybe have some shielding i don't know
0: it will become abundant that ben and i are not scientists as you listen to us <laughs> talking about this movie so we don't know uh i'm sure that a lot of it's just movie magic you know like they didn't they weren't too worried about that but uh yeah so this giant this giant one's gonna hit europe so what they have to do is they they have to get to this plane because jerry butler's family him and marina Backer and their their son were selected so they're trying to get to this military plane to get to greenland or where these bunkers are or whatever but then they get there and they're gonna deny the son because he has diabetes and, and they missed that or something, so they don't want anyone with medical issues, so they turn him away. So they don't make the the flight. But then the plane blows up anyway, um, so they don't make their flight. And then there's this part where they get separated because because the kid loses his medicine, and Miranda Bacharin and the kid get a ride from David Denman, from the office. He was Roy. And uh, he starts off being nice, and then as he sees an opportunity for predatory opportunism to get her band, her military band, she knocks Marina or he knocks Marina backer and out of the car and takes her little wristband. Uh, and I feel like him as soon as him like trying to be the good guy, and then as soon as he saw an opportunity for self gain to take it, that was a very realistic sort of human event that would happen in this
1: yeah and that's one of the things about this film that i thought you know this it just felt really grounded like everything that happens seems plausible like it would probably happen this way
0: yeah exactly especially with with him trying to be like he's he's like oh we're 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 gonna help you like we're helping and then all of a sudden it's like oh i can i can gain by actually just throwing you out yeah
1: yeah, there's a there's even a line in the movie where like uh the news just hits or the first uh piece hits and uh and so they're driving that night and they see people just looting stores and, and he and he says well that didn't take long well that's exactly yeah, was, what i would say
0: yeah exactly yeah it was pretty much right away people oh that part in the pharmacy was really creepy too oh yeah so there's this part where uh they're trying to get diabetes medication for the kid because Jerry Butler has the medicine from when they got separated. So, Morena and the kid don't have the medicine. So, they go into this pharmacy to get it. And there's, like, people looting the pharmacy. And then there's, like, this weird gang of people that show up with, like, guns and just start shooting people and taking stuff for themselves. They're, like, or they're like highwaymen. Yeah, just, they're, like, looters or, like, like bandits from yeah. Fallout. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I feel like those would be a thing right away because we have those now and it's not even the end of the world. Like as soon as something weird happens, there's those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's
1: a, it's a perfect excuse for someone to slip back into addiction or just go ahead and just, I just want to be, you know, knocked out when it happens. I don't want to be awake when it happens. I'm going to do drugs or whatever. I can imagine a lot mm-hmm. of people having that mindset.
0: I really enjoyed the people that were having the party on the bridge. Like the end of the yes, world party. Yes. Yes. Did you ever see the movie Seeking a Friend for the End of the World? Uh, it's a it's a movie with Steve Carell and Keira Knightley. And it's really good. Uh, it's sort of the same sort of thing where the world is ending and everyone goes a little nuts. But it's it's a com- it's like a more of a comedy, uh, drama comedy. But there's there's this TGI Fridays or whatever. And uh, I think T.J. Miller and, and Gillian Jacobs work there and, and some other people, and they turn it into a cult. It's like this weird like TGI Friday's end of the world cult. It's like a restaurant cult. It's really funny. That's great.
1: I don't, How did you feel about Did you feel like the script was pretty realistic? I felt like this is stuff that... If, it felt like if I were to have to write this script, these would maybe some of the things that I would write or just everything fit together and made sense to me. It did nothing felt like exaggerated or Hollywood. It felt like a really grounded script.
0: The most grounded and realistic part of the script to me was the way that people were still trying to have the appearance of decorum, but you could tell that it was gone. The seams are unraveling. Yeah. Where the, the one neighbor, uh, that was his friend where he's yell He yells at him. He's like yells at him about the uh him being selected, his family being selected, being like BS or whatever, he yells at him. But then he like resets and he's like he's like no, no, he's like I know you you're my friend. You'll you'll let us know like but you know he doesn't he he's got that panic just underneath and it comes out. And then there's the other one with the kid and they're trying to get him to take their kid which uh wouldn't have worked. And then I thought I started to think well the, maybe the most sad thing was that it probably would have worked because they didn't end up using the military plane, but the, there would have been too many people for the plane anyway.
1: And also, he he provides a very logical point when they're in the car. He's like, well, you know, what are they going to do? Like, they're they're going to turn her away because she doesn't have an armband, and it's going to be a, a little girl alone at the airport with her without her family, without her parents. Like, yeah. So was, I was like, this script was written logically, and I really appreciated that because a lot of movie scripts or not
0: yes and also there's this part where they go to I like that when they got separated which it would be really easy to do in this and they can't get a hold of each other because the phones aren't working so they sort of figure out a way of she leaves the note in the car and he finds it that she's going to her dad's and it's just like there's a central point they pick they're going to meet up there her dad is stick from daredevil yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah I know yeah
0: (laughs) and uh so they go there and i thought he was pretty great i I feel like he was a really realistic character too where he's just like "Eh, i'm not leaving yeah and and like (laughs) i'm just gonna stay at my house they
1: find him drinking beer and playing cards with his boys and i was like this is this is just it feels well thought out
0: i also appreciated that uh they had a conversation about joy butler being from scotland at that point because he can't do an american (laughs) accent, so he's very he just sounds like joy butler always and I, was, I just was glad that she said something about his mother making him haggis or something or expecting him to do the Highland uh, whatever, some dance.
1: i tell you, I like movies like this because there is... I like movies where you feel helpless but not because you're some teenager in a haunted house with a serial killer. I mm. like... Uh, this is almost, to me, like the War of the Worlds type of helplessness. Like, there's nothing that you can do like you, you can't outthink this. You know this right. is happening, um, and so it's you just it's truly a feeling of helplessness. And I sort of, I sort of enjoy that because it they, it's they don't come along very often these types of movies that make you feel and think that way.
0: Yeah, and the villain is nature instead of like an organization, and then the people can either be like there's there's demonstrations of very deep human selfish selfishness and and, right, and evil right. but there's also like the nurse who's working at the oh i teared the up military I base up. yeah there's this nurse that was like taking care of the kid and then she's like well we'll get you on a bus going to this way and you can go here and it's like that nurse doesn't think she's getting out of it you know yeah like she's just doing this stuff because she's good yeah it
1: gives him like a week's worth of medication and uh, the actress was great. I don't know. Yeah. That made me tear up.
0: That was a good scene. What do you think about the traffic situation?
1: So they, when they, when they ran into
0: traffic. Yeah. I feel like, uh, whenever they were gridlocked, I was like, it would be like this everywhere constantly. And then every time they were just driving on the open road, that felt weird, a little weird to me. So like, yeah, they made it to, they made it to Canada or whatever from Kentucky really fast. I
1: thought they're actually in Atlanta.
0: Right. Well, they started. Yeah, they start in Atlanta and they get all the way to Canada or whatever to get on the plane to go to Greenland. And it's just, I guess they did switch vehicles every so often, so they were sort of like zagging around. But yeah, it seemed difficult. Uh, But then again, when you make a movie like this, I don't want to watch them sit in traffic. You know. Right. So. Well, that's a and I thing i'm willing to forego yeah
1: and also like if you get news that the world is ending and there's nowhere you can go to sort of get away from it it's like well why are we going to drive around we don't we're going to spend the last hours of our life you know doing whatever not not driving around
0: yeah and most people aren't going to have uh the little tidbit about going to canada to get a plane right right Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not like you can. It's not like the equator's getting so hot, you gotta go north, and, you know, everybody's trying to go north.
0: There's, yeah. There's no reason for it. Yeah, it's just random chaos. Yeah. Oh, and there's that other part where uh, he burned his hand dragging the guy out of the car. I like that part too, because it was just him and this other guy uh, just helping this random guy, even though they're all probably doomed.
1: Yeah yeah it's interesting to see people still doing human things like the military was just doing their job and uh they're all just
0: about to die uh-huh i like to see that in you know along with the people that turn into marauders instead of like just marauders like if you watch the movie the road everyone's pretty much a, a cannibal in that movie uh whereas in this it's like there's still people that are trying to not make the situation worse and then there's the people that raid the pharmacy or roy from the office
1: yeah, there's you know, what it kind of made me think of is um, after or maybe it was in World War II when when uh, London was being bombed that people would wake up the next morning and get dressed for work and go out like everything was normal when there's like just rubble all the way. Around. It's just like people need this like feeling of normalcy of like routine and they don't want to try to they they do it, I guess, to sort of get past the shock of, you know, things around them just crumbling
0: right yeah keep calm and carry on yeah
1: exactly yeah so i feel like there was some of that in this movie too it's just like well we have a job to do and we're just going to do it
0: yeah i wonder uh i wonder if in the vault like if if you had to be in a vault for that long with all these people if you would sort of go a little crazy in there uh well knowing
1: any time you get a group of humans together there's always going to be people who make bad decisions uh and ones that uh make good decisions and people that are probably going to be a mix. Uh mm-hmm. in, in fact everybody's probably a mix at some you know in some level. Uh but yeah you could absolutely expect some <laughs> yeah. mental health probably issues.
0: How would you do in the vault?
1: Uh, that that's a tough one because I, I don't think anyone could really know uh, like when it, when you're gonna be able to get out. So I'd probably have a little bit of claustrophobia. But if they were monitoring it really well and like giving me updates every single day or just every second where like I can look at a wall and have this readout, then uh, you know if I see a trend that things are getting down, you know more you know uh, survivable, then I'd be like, okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I'm going to be fine. But if it's if there's, like, no light at the end of the tunnel and it feels like a, a Fallout vault, you know, like, from Fallout, I'm just, ugh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because it's, in in certain ways, it's sort of like uh, a much more severe version of this past year, you know, where it's like, you can't do anything and in, in only this, you know, the world isn't ended. It's, you can still see it outside. It's just, can't do nothing, so but in this case the world's ended it's just an extreme example but i feel like i could deal with the vault if i again like you if i thought there was an end in sight but then again once you come out you have to rebuild the whole.
1: that i i would be so tired of being in that vault to come out and then just know you have so much work ahead of you that you probably can't even retire that you'll just have to be working until you die to try to rebuild the world yeah exactly. it makes me so tired to think about that
0: That was the thing that I kept thinking. I was like, I don't want to. I was like, maybe I don't want to build this new world. That's why I didn't get picked. (laughs) I don't want to work on this. Yeah, (laughs)
1: because I mean, because you got to think like the world as it is. Like you go out in nature now, and it is it's beautiful. Earth is beautiful, you know, and the aesthetics of Earth are second to none. It's incredible, but they're stepping out into a world where the aesthetics are just destruction everywhere and if you've ever played fallout you can only take that for so many hours it's not like skyrim where you can just get in that world and stay in there for 10 hours of time it's like i need to like go outside
0: you know yeah i mean luckily for them uh, ashes are a very good fertilizer so i think the greenery could come back but you still have to rebuild the infrastructure if you want some sort of civilization like you'd almost have to You'd almost have to do, like, a civilization video game-esque climb throughout the time periods, you know? You'd have to, like, this is our temporary uh, house, so we're in, like, Amish times, <laughs> uh, pilgrim times, and then we figure out how to do this. They'd probably, like, try and restore power plants or something, so they had sort of the, the groundwork done already, stuff like that. That's that's. I was trying to think of the after game of this. that's the thing that
1: it makes you think this movie really makes you think uh you know like what would you do and what does it look like afterwards and how did you know how would this work it's it's an interesting thought experiment
0: do you like it better that it showed the time pass and the vault open or do you wish it ended with the family huddled together and we didn't know what happened? oh yeah
1: that that one yeah that's the second one (laughs)
0: yeah that's what i was thinking as well yeah
1: and i actually thought that they were going to end it there and they didn't and i was like oh, oh okay
0: yeah i was like that would have been a pretty good end yeah because <laughs> then i could have extrapolated and then been like well they might have survived or but they showed me that they did i i i think i would have it were i directing it instead of uh uh rick roman wow i don't know this man uh were i directing it i would have ended it there a little a little bit earlier but i, I still liked it yeah the, the
1: yeah it uh i i did enjoy sort of the uh the orbital shots of the earth with all the craters all over it
0: yeah i would have showed that too but you could have you know ended on that as you well could.
1: yeah yeah you could you could have just had uh a shot of the family you know uh like the lights come back on and they're still alive and then you just cut to the earth you know the craters maybe yeah Uh, just and then you extrapolate from there but i don't know
0: yeah yeah so i liked it it was a pretty good movie i thought yeah
1: definitely worth the watch if you've got hbo max you can go watch it. i think you can probably purchase it like on amazon or whatever but uh but definitely can watch it for free on amazon on uh, hbo max
0: yeah and don't don't expect the best special effects for the explosions but everything else was good
1: no, there's, I mean, there's some fun filters that they do, and this, there's, there's some sky shots of clouds and stuff that look good, but like the actual comets coming down, it, it, looks like, a Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs>
0: yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, especially, especially the smoke. There's, the, in the first shockwave that Gerard Butler gets hit by, uh, outside of his house, the smoke looks like it's from like Lost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so don't, don't, you know, you kind of have to get past that for sure.
0: Yeah, but it's a good movie I yep.
1: think. let us know if you watch it and uh, your opinion on it if you have certain thoughts or uh, you know gone through some of this uh, scenario in your head have thought experiment stuff let us know you, we already told you how to write into it didn't we yep uh, utilize those methods yeah that's that's cool 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 so for the trailer blazers I'm Ben Moon and I'm glad I'm not in a bunker for any extended period of time happy trailsters
0: and I am Nick Kelly and I am seeking a friend for the end of the world Happy
1: I almost uh, said. Our Megadon.
0: I still feel like talking about our
1: Megadon.